Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Onside Punt. And you know what else is back? Football. Even if it's only training camp. We've got all the updates on our Onside Punt agenda, catching you up on NFL. We've got sales, contract extensions, preseason news, stuff for you to follow, and of course, the forgotten running backs. I'm Cad, and as always, I'm joined by Homie. How are you, mate? I'm really good, man. How are you? Oh, so good. And God, we've got a lot to dig into today. In fact, it's a very, very stuffed episode. Yeah, we've got a meaty episode, but I uh, firstly wanted to maybe just have a little bit of a look back on the couple of episodes we've just released. It was oh, yeah. a bit of reflection. It was... um. <laughs> It was such a nice couple of episodes. Like, Yeah, just, you know, the insight we got from Nathan Chapman from Pro Kick and from Jack Brooks, the punter from South Alabama. Insight I wouldn't have ever expected for us to get. Just taught me so much about the path they have to take, the game, the struggles. Like, it's it's a ton for them. Yeah, and then also I listened back to the episodes and obviously running from Pro Kick and then obviously to Jack who, like, so we've gone from the coaching element into the on-field element and just giving that, that that overarching sort of feeling of being a part of that system must it felt really cool and the visuals that Jack gave us and then obviously going through all the socials and stuff looking at what he's achieved oh, I wanted to be a part of it it was it was really good I really enjoyed it if you do want to see any clips from that interview from Nathan or from Jack and some player highlights we've put up on our Instagram page find us at onside punt you know one thing that stuck out to me was the that link between Aussie rules and American football, which I think, you know, if you're kind of new to the game of NFL, you would never expected that Aussies have such a claim on punting. And I was watching this video of an American punting coach talking about Aussie players coming over. And he raised this question, you know, is it fair that college teams are now giving scholarships to these foreigners, these older Australians who are coming through that have, you know, have been kicking from day one through Auskick and so developed they're taking the basically the jobs the money from these young americans is it fair and i started to get really you know defensive instantly watching this yeah, video yeah but he turned it around pretty quick and just said you know what yes it is fair and it's so much better for the system because of the increase in skills that they've gotten from having to compete with the aussies and try and nail our famous aussie drop punt yeah that it's just improved everyone which is awesome to see that our boys have done that it was like Chappie saying, like, they're coming over here now to go yeah. over there. So it's like, we're just evolving the game. So it's a beautiful thing. But it did get me, I was reflecting while I was watching, I was watching old Collingwood do another great escape uh, on the, in the <laughs> AFL. <laughs> Always last call to come back. And I saw the big, the big Texan Mason Cox mm. rolling. And he's got a bit of swagger and I, I love the swagger. Um, <laughs> unusual for me, but I do enjoy it in his, because he's American, he's allowed to. But it got me thinking, is this the year that an American wins the AFL grand final mm-hmm. and an Australian wins the Super Bowl? Oh, that's, that's, that's probably not happened before. I'm assuming that's never happened before. I, I'm assuming so. I haven't checked. We'll have to check. The I record, think the main but, point is, do you know any Americans that have won in the AFL before? I don't believe so. I wouldn't think. There's no one that I can think of. I think Mesa would have to be one it's, of it's, the first. It's actually a really good call, though, because, you know, we've picked in, in some of how it's been unanimous on the boys we've had on and between you and I that the 49ers mm. seem a go this year. So you've got Mitch Wisnowski. But then on the other side, you have the second best last year, the Eagles, stuffed with Aussies. Yeah. It's it, actually a pretty pretty good claim. 
Well, they're scattered in the teams that are competing. Like it was, it's we've got a chance, and it's. Uh, I was like, mm, I'm definitely tracking that one. That's that's going to be a tasty little little follow for the season to come. Yeah, we're gonna have to keep an eye on that. We'll check back yeah. in. Well, it's up to Collingwood first. Let's see. <laughs> um, between you and me, I'll I'll hope be rooting against them. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they're playing good footy. I'll give them kudos. They're playing good footy. So let's see what happens first. But Collingwood, over to you. All right. Well, a lot has happened recently because training camps have started up. Suddenly the news has started erupting after mm. a very, very quiet period. So it's time to jump into the headlines, homie. Yeah, we've gone from zero to 100 here, Cad. So uh, where are we going to start? Maybe we'll start with the, the old sale of the Commanders. Yeah, the Commanders sale has been voted on by all owners in the NFL and past. But I hear there yeah. might be a cheeky... Name change. Yeah, yeah. I found, I found an article. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's real or not, but I'm I'm taking it. Um, they've rumored. There's rumors that they're going to uh, consider a name change after season 2023. So wow, it's something it, we've been calling for in oh, early yes. episodes of the podcast. I I, I feel I did, we didn't know this was coming. This is that was a way too early prediction. Uh, <laughs> we have definitely so get on the mighty elk if there's yep. a if there's a if there's a ballot. We're, we're putting it in. Yeah, the we've actually getting a run. We've actually mocked up some uh, some branding and some team logos. If you want to go check it out on our Instagram yeah. page for the Washington yeah. Elk, our submission yeah. for the new Commanders <laughs> team. <laughs> Barclay, if you're listening, let's uh, let's get on board. Yep, give them the horns, as we say. Give them the horns. <laughs> so let's jump into the contract news now, Cad. So who do we want to lead off? Do you want to lead off with Aaron first? Yeah, let's lead off with Aaron first. So most, you know, contract news that we hear in this season or any contract news we hear is the fact that players are gaining money. But this is kind of the opposite and it's pretty much unprecedented. Aaron Rodgers has struck a new deal going from his $110 million one-year deal to a $75 million two-year deal with the Jets, which Mm. raises a lot of questions. It It got my ears pricked here. I was sort of wondering... What does that actually mean? What does that mean? <laughs> like, what are they freeing space up for? They obviously don't think they're one shot, so they're going for two. But are they are they missing an element? Is that what they've discovered? That's what it sounds like to me, because by doing this deal and well, giving money back, essentially, to the Jets, he is freeing up cap space. And it's now, what are they going to do with it? Dalvin Cook has actually been, was it confirmed that has been at Jets training camp? Mm. And he says Speaking odds are pretty high he's going to be signed, but... I don't see that's the justification for that much cap space to sign Dalvin Cook. Yeah, there's a little bit of curiosity to see what's happening here. Let's not analyze it too much because it may be just that he wants to play two years. So Everyone said this is the one-shot run. They've mm. had a look around and said, look, this isn't the one-shot team. <laughs> we might need two. <laughs> yeah, we might need two. So I think they're going to look at two. Um, you know, there's been some fun fan rumors. They're like, oh, is that enough money for Devontae Adams to be reunited with Aaron? Which would uh, cause a lot of drama and uh, would be very interesting to rebuild the Packers even further. It's just, it is a very interesting thing. We're just going to have to see what they do with it. I just can't see them spending that money this year. Mm. If it is, it's contract extensions those times. Trying to reserve your bigger players, but I think next year, 2024, is when we're going to see this buy-up of uh, big talent again. Yeah, and for those sort of first-time listeners, um, for, for this period, the contracts we're talking about are mainly extensions. So when you're talking about extensions, it's around either freeing up 
cap space that allows them to get more players or just basically working the money around or locking in long-term players that they mm. think they need to lock down. So you're looking at a lot of these contracts. We're, I think we've got five to go through. So we're looking at that sort of extensions or that five-year term. So that sort of gives you an understanding of what we're going to be we're talking about now. So that'll push me into the next notable contract extension. So Aaron Thomas for the New York Giants, he's, he's an offensive tackle. They've actually signed him for a five-year contract, $117.5 million. Big deal for a 24-year-old. That's huge, yeah. But and I, I could actually say it's probably, it's a good deal for them. because So this will push him out to roughly 32. He could have tried to get a third contract at around 30 and got big, big money. But he's, yeah. he's, he's committed to them. I think it's good for both parties, but he's developed. He got a slandered quite a lot after. He was an early draft pick in 2020, and he had a pretty bad couple of seasons. There's more rookie yeah. seasons. Yeah. Yeah, they were, they were on him. They were on him. And he's now developed into probably the best offensive tackle going around. Huge for the Giants. Really big for the Giants. Well, talking about big money, my friend Justin Herbert has just set the most recent record for the highest paid contract and extending with the Chargers for another five years, establishing him as their franchise quarterback, which I'm very excited about. How about you, Dave? Oh, this is this was big news. Like, this is exciting. This yeah, is... I think I could finally buy that Herbert jersey. I was so scared he might leave at some yeah, point. Yeah, that's right. I was, I, I, was like, I was worried about, I wanted an Eckler or a Herbert yeah. shirt. I was, I was going to get either until this is, news came out. So I go into the uh, Chargers shop now and get yourself something. We, uh, we're very happy with this, obviously. However, it should be noted that, you know, it is the highest paid for the moment. But there has been like six highest paid contracts mm. in this offseason and uh, Joe Burrow's contract extension is yet to be finalised and I very much suspect it will be topping Herbert's pretty yeah. soon. I do have one for you here, Kat. So they've committed now to Herbert. Mm-hmm. They've got a new offensive coach. Surely the coach is on watch now. Oh, Brandon Staley, the head coach? Yeah, like this, they're saying this is it, right? This is yeah, the team. This is, oh, yeah, this is the quarterback that you're yeah. going to have to play with. He's locked in. We've got no problems with him. Yeah. Yeah, I think eyes haven't been off Brandon Staley since even the start of last season. Yeah. And it's you know, he's got a tough year ahead of him. And uh, well, we'll see how they build around him, I guess. Mm, it's going to the pressure cooker because mm-hmm. we're watching. <laughs> yeah, the coaching carousel will start up again. It always happens. So <laughs> we will see. So I'll move on to Trayvon Diggs, the corner for the Cowboys. Uh, so he's ended up signing a $97 million five-year extension. Big contract. I think it's a it's a big commitment by the Cowboys. Well, I, I think it's a great move. You know, he's young. He's a proven talent. And he mm. led the NFL in interceptions in, in 2021. Does this tell me, though, that this move is we're hoping for another 11 interceptions a year? Yeah, I think anytime you go, do, do that again. <laughs> Here's your money. Even yeah. do more, please, if you could. Like if he produce, I'm assuming the Cowboys think if he can produce that 11 intercept season again, that that can take them to the Super Bowl. Obviously, we're in rookie season as well, so they're commencing to sign their contracts pretty much. So we've seen Bryce Young go first. He signed his contract, which triggers the rest of them basically to sign. There's no real news with that. CJ Strood is now signed. I couldn't, I could go into the details, but we'll probably need a whole episode. But rookies are underway. But it did get me thinking. Um, I wanted to introduce a new segment, Ken. Mm. Uh, I'm hoping you've got something for me, but I want to <laughs> I want to call the rookies error 
So this is oh okay. <laughs> Yeah, so this is when a rookie does something silly, stupid, or questionable, or a poor decision. Notably, happens every yeah, season multiple yeah, times. Yeah. So yeah. if you pick up anything in the news, we want to, we want you to chuck it in. So have well, you got any, you got any rookie yeah. errors for me? Funnily enough, I, I do. And uh, you know, training camps just started, but you know, with that, the headlines start popping up. So. First addition, I guess, to the list of rookie errors is uh, Jordan Addison, the first round pick for the Vikings at wide receiver. Now, he's been a bit naughty and a bit dumb and was caught driving 225 kilometers an hour in an 85 zone. Uh, His stated reason was that his his dog was having an emergency at his residence. (laughs) Sorry, caught me off guard. 225. Yeah, 225. That's, That's. And what to. Today, what kind of emergency do you, does your dog have that you... Yeah, he makes it sound like the phrase his dog was having an emergency at his residence just <laughs> sounds... I don't know whether the dog's like oh. a human and it's just like having a crisis or something. He was in a Lamborghini Urus and just pumping it. Uh, but then, you know, he's been called up to the media, obviously, and oh, uh, told to apologise. He has apologised, but there's been no further comments about his dog's emergency. It, it just seems like a... Uh, a reimagined dog ate my homework kind of yeah, excuse. That's for good. Just being that's an idiot. Re- that's really good. Ah, uh, well, good on you, Jordan. He that's won't a, be the last. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's the first of our rookie errors. Uh, oh, I'm looking forward to that segment. Let's roll that one. But thanks, Kat. That's has made my day. Now we're going to dive into the list of injuries, which is um, quite scary for a lot of teams, owners, and I guess prospective fantasy owners who might have already done their draft or getting their draft done mm. soon. Kadarius Tony from the Chiefs is undergoing knee surgery and looks unlikely for at least week one, which is scary for the Chiefs just because they've kind of stated that they want to build their franchise, you know, receiving room around him as a potential future. But, you know, he's injury prone. He was last year when they got him uh, and he is now again pretty, pretty awkward for them. Speaking of knee injuries, we've got the cornerback Jalen Ramsey. Meniscus injury here on the left knee during training camp. Not a good injury. He's going to be having surgery. They're saying weeks, but this could be much worse. Yeah. Much worse. Yeah. And, and like, you know, weeks till he's back, but when is he fully healed as well? A surgery on your meniscus. He's going to miss out on the start of the regular season. Some people are saying he won't be playing till December. Yeah. Um, it, it is yeah very, very scary. And I know the Dolphins did pick up Eli Apple uh, as a backup for them as yeah. well. Furthermore, in knee injuries, which is seeming a bit of a theme, uh, there was a a very unique one, and it was from Naheem Hines, the running back and punt returner for the the Buffalo Bills. His season-ending injury happened on a jet ski. What? what? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I thought I I saw the ad. I saw the headline, but didn't read the article. I assumed it was at training. So no, he was on. He was riding a jet ski. And oh, no. incredibly, unfortunately, he was not even moving the jet ski. He didn't hit a wall. He was completely stationary. And whoever was riding with him rode their jet ski into his oh, knee get and, out. and completely, you know, shattered and broke it. So oh. that's uh, that's the end of his season, which is crushing. Um, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, he, he wasn't a massive running back for the Bills last year. In fact, I think he ended the season with negative yards, but he is their key punt returner. That's just... That's just brutal. Yeah, we remember he had a that highlight game with two returns. Oh, that's shattering for the young man. 
literally. Oh, I hope he had a fully guaranteed contract, let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, probably the bigger news. The old sneaky calf injuries rolled back around. For Joe Burrow from the Cincinnati Bengals, in training camp, not tackled, no contact, just throwing a pass, and he has strained his calf, leading him to get carted off the field uh, and tipped for a few weeks of recovery. But, you know, lucky there is actually some time for him to recover before the season kicks off. You know, I've, I've talked to some friends about this one and uh, people are saying, oh, you know, with his contract extension coming up, you know, this could damage his negotiation or blah, 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 you know, an injury. And for that, you know, my delta, it's just a calf strain. Like he, he will come back and he will play just as well as he normally would. Uh, I've got a different theory here, Cad. I think the, <laughs> I think he's, let's just show what, Let's show him the backup. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's show you what happens if you don't give you the big so, contract. So he's taking a dive in training and just yeah. saying, you know, yeah. let, watch how he goes without me. Yeah, and then yeah, you figure just, out how much you want yeah, to pay me. Yeah, that's, that's my theory there. He's just going, you know, I don't need to do this. Let's just, let's get on the cart. Let's go back. I've got to get my negotiation ready and um, have a look at the backup and see if you if you want that. So I love this as a as a fun conspiracy theory. I really hope it's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can only hope, but uh, if you want to let us know, Burrow, that'd be great. All right. Well, let's dive into. You know where we are in the season at the moment. You know we've kind of been waiting, and there's been trade rumors and everything. And now we need to let you guys know what's happening from now, all the way up to the start of the season. So we're starting off at training camps. Cad, before we dive in, I've got to know. We've got AFL and NRL finals coming up. Mm. Do I need to care about training camp and preseason <laughs> games? Like, do we? Like, <laughs> like. Or should I just listen to this show and you tell me what's happening? Like, I'd recommend that. I, I honestly, so training camps are what they are essentially. They're, they're public access trainings where fans and journalists can watch and cover pretty closely. But you know, the info you get out of these camps, to sum it up, is you know generally highlight reels that every team puts out. And I'd say they always put up a, a nice deep pass, and they're like, "Oh, who's looking good this season? It's us." Ignore that. It's just hype. The defenders aren't playing 100% speed. It's just a nice little little eye candy for you. What you generally get, actually, is injuries, which we've seen and reported already, protests from players, and weird drama generally comes out of training camp. Oh, it's got a first day of school vibes about it, doesn't it? Training camp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's mayhem at the moment. Chris Jones is uh, currently holding out on training. Uh, from the Chiefs he's had a little bit of an issue and he's a bit annoyed and he wants to be probably highest paid player in his position but he's being fined $50,000 a day mm. every day he misses it so there's only I think there's about two three weeks of, of uh, training camps so it can be about 250 you know four or five hundred thousand dollars good money good money but if you're arguing if you're arguing for about you know 20 mil yeah, yeah, it's worth it, you know? Change. <laughs> yeah, and he's 29 now too, so he's probably looking for that big last contract. So hold out, buddy. Go for it. Go for it. It, it can get really awkward at these camps because they are televised and yeah. everything's kind of on display. So one one story I saw was at the Raiders camp last week. Jimmy G, you know, he's been allowed to train now. He's off the, the injury list, but he was taking a day off to rest. So the backup quarterbacks were in displaying their, you know, amazing throws and everything like that. 
Aiden O'Connell, the backup quarterback, was made to run a lap for making an error, <laughs> which is just really embarrassing oh, to have. I but, didn't but think he did that at professional level. Or awkwardly, he had to wait because the QB he threw before him, Brian Hoyer, was already running a lap for making a mistake <laughs> before him. Oh, who's running these training sessions too? It's, it's a so bit good. of public humiliation to kind of get you going, hey? <laughs> the story I liked out of it was um, like CJ Strood and Andy Dalton was reportedly going to fight for the position. Mm. and then, They and like then, that narrative, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Then an hour after training camp, uh, they're like, oh, CJ Shrew will start. <laughs> <laughs> Put that to bed pretty quick, yeah. didn't we? The old red rocket, you're gone. <laughs> no, and, that's why no. you, and that's why you stayed on my bench. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was on the Ranger Club just yet. Not yet, not yet. I Look, if... History shows Andy Dalton will find a way onto the field. He always does. One of the, one of the weirder dramas that kind of came out uh, last week was Sean Payton, the new head coach of the Broncos, really, I think, unnecessarily has taken to the podium for, for no reason really that we can see at all and just started slamming the previous coaching team. He said, quote, they were the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL and there were 20 dirty hands around the quarterback. There's, half of them are still there, aren't they? No, oh, they did clean house a fair bit. Okay. But like Awkward, at the same right? time, why Awkward. would you slam A? Because you're embarrassing your organisation, for one thing. Yeah. And you're taking shots at Nathaniel Hacker, the old coach, that just don't need to be taken. We all know it was rubbish. Yeah. Focus on, like, I thought he was kind of the coach that says, I'll show you how we do it on the field. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I don't need to talk about anyone else, but... Very maybe, maybe they just said, can you get us in the headlines? And he just went the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, oh, we weren't, no, we didn't want drama. We just wanted to be in the headlines. Well, he, he has yeah. since walked back the comments and said, look, I think that was a mistake. I should probably get get myself a bit of a filter, which um, <laughs> I think oh, he, he didn't think about that organically. I'm sure he was told. <laughs> well, if, that is fil- if that's his filter system, I'm watching him all season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Moving on from training camp we get to the preseason games. And very excitingly, they are starting this Friday, the 4th of August, with a Browns versus Jets matchup, the Hall of Fame game. Now, I guess it raises the question again. Yeah. Uh, should you watch it, the preseason game? Is game? it worth me watching, okay? Am I watching it? Yeah, I don't know. It's okay. It, it depends on your level of obsession. The preseason games don't count for regular season scores. The teams generally play a combo of their A team and their B team, and you'll be unlikely to see your favorite players out there for much. Like, I think last time I saw a couple of key wide receivers take two or three catches, they're off for the rest of the game. Same with the quarterbacks. They play their backups. They're looking for who will make the squad before the cutoff. I guess we're probably more focusing on those undrafted free agents, aren't we, that we're looking to see if they actually make the squad. I guess like Lou Headley uh, for the Saints, that type of role. Absolutely. Yeah, because I I do note the the next big date is 29th of August where the clubs must reduce their roster to the 53 players. Um, So I guess that's what we're looking at? Yeah, that's effectively it. If you know your favorite college player or anyone you know Mm. coming through undrafted free agent, anything like that, if you want to see them kind of form, test their skills, this is their game time tryout. Mm. you're on stage don't stuff it up exactly and look Mm. everyone else on the other side the defense or offense you're facing is trying to get that spot as well so so it's definitely something to keep an eye on but uh i'd recommend just probably keep an eye on the headlines and listen into our show yeah you you let me know kate i'll let you know mate (laughs) (laughs) moving on to our next segment uh so we'll probably start with 
quarterback doco. Um, what's your thoughts? Give me a, what are you feeling? Like you've watched a few, I, I assume. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I've uh, I've cleaned up the whole series now. Yeah, give me, um, give me your first vibes. Give me your first vibes. Well, we'll just say, I guess, spoiler alert for anyone who oh, hasn't seen yeah, it. Sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. My apologies. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, I don't think it's necessary. We can talk about it, still have a look at it for sure. It's on Netflix if you want to check it out. Uh, the quarterback doco, I, I think it was lacking in some ways. It wasn't really for NFL fanatics. I guess it didn't show you anything that we didn't already know. But there were some insights that I did really love. It didn't hit the way the Drive to Survive series did, which has been our hope for every kind of sporting series that's come out since. Yeah, I was watching. I was watching F one, and they were interviewing Danny Rick, and he after the after his return to F one, and he said, "They're like, oh, what did you do to prep for the race?" And he's like, "Oh, I watched quarterback." And I thought, "Oh, if Danny Rick's watching it, yeah, I'm, I'm watching." Like, we're we're on here. So he, uh, he's a massive Bills fan, and apparently yeah. he fell in love with. Uh, well, Josh Allen fell in love with Danny Rick from Drive to Survive. Yeah, and then now, uh, you know, they're good mates, but um. That, what, like if you're an athlete, you want to see how the other athletes prep, what their life's like. In fact, it's almost made for Danny Rick to see how yeah. they, they they live in that way. I think the thing that I found lacking was it, it was a, it's a team sport, and they're only giving me one personality of the team, and I I wanted the nuts and bolts of the whole, you know, that the organization and everything, all the little ins and outs and that, but. I, I agree. I think it, it like we know it's a hype position and the the goal of the doco is to get new people in. But it yeah. is kind of annoying to be like, you're just telling everyone that the quarterback makes everything happen. Yeah. Which yes, they are they are incredibly key. They're probably one of the most important positions on the field, but it's just, you know, Mahomes didn't single handedly take the Chiefs there. Uh and for context, so the series is following three quarterbacks. So you've got Marcus Mariota. Patrick Mahomes and Kurt Cousins. Yeah, it's it's they they kind of nailed three levels of quarterback. Yeah, like, a few of you are probably thinking, who was the first one he just said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard of. Marcus I've not Mariota. heard of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably lacking. Sorry for Marcus. It's it's punch. If that yeah. makes sense. Like, who would you have put in that third spot? I was thinking about this. Who would have I preferred? And you know, the doco they can make whatever documentary they want, but we want more competition. I want to mm. see a battle. I want to see this inter team rivalry. Um, my favorite, who I would pick, I'd leave the Chiefs in there with Mahomes, and I'd base it around the AFC and put the Bills and the Bengals in it because that's. This three-team oh, yeah. kind of battle that we're seeing at the playoffs every year, I want to see it kind of team versus mm. team. There's competitive, like you know, competition rivalry and and hype that up. I know there is a season two, and uh, I think Howell, Sam Howell, and maybe Kenny Pickett, I'm not too sure, um, have been asked and they've denied it. And I think right. after seeing Mariota on the series, the rookie quarterbacks are going to be a little bit more careful. Yeah, well, we need yes. the, we need the villain as well, like. Yeah, the Max Verstappen uh, of the series. Yeah, you need your villain too. So, Who would you uh, pick? Who's your villain, homie? Oh, I think, not that he is a villain, but if you could do the combination of Burrow, Allen, and Mahomes as a... Burrow's the villain. Yeah, the Stone yeah, Cold. Yeah, Stone Cold. Like, yeah. Which is Verstappen in a way as well. It's that, that dead eye, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I, w- I would have loved to have seen two people on the same trajectory, like maybe Herbert and... Um, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that would have been a real... I would have liked seeing like that combination, but but it's still very worth a watch. Like The insights are great. What I really enjoyed from it was actually watching 
Mahomes' training yeah. schedule. Like just seeing the what they go through every day. And I think, you know, even his kind of more educated NFL fans, you just watch them on TV for the game and then you assume they go home and sleep and then they just wake up and do training until yeah. the next game happens. Yeah. You, know? you think it comes naturally, don't you? It's yeah. just like, yeah, I can just walk out there. and I'm They don't have kids. Superstar. They don't have bills. Yeah. They don't have yeah. partners. Yeah. And they just... Yeah. They play for me and then they then they leave. But just, yeah. I think the great thing about the docker, we got to see this hard work, yeah. not only in the physical, but the theory, the amount of plays they have to study, all the calls. You think they study a playbook mm. initially and then they get one extra play every other yeah. week, you know, but it's a whole new set playbook, oh. new terms, new calls, and they have to redo it. every When they're not in the gym, they're hitting the books or they're watching game tape. Yeah, the balance between the physical and the mental is just, it's a, it's quite, I did enjoy that. I thought if you're a young person wanting to understand the ins and outs of the game, for us who don't play it, mm. it was a really good insight. I like that element a lot. What was your, what was your best takeaway though? My best takeaway is a very broad one, but it's just Kirk Cousins. Like oh. Kirk Cousins is 100% oh. my favorite oh. part of this series. He was great. Uh, he, that was a good story. Just oh. like, I know he's the opposite of the image of a, a famous athlete. You know, that's why it's good, right? That's why it's I, great because yeah, yeah. he's dorky, he's vanilla, he's a you know a bit of a square. Yeah. But how hard he works through all the crap he gets to be this nice guy. He's not resent, resentful. He just bottles it and grinds and fuels him. I think it shows why he's the king of the comeback last season. He just... Yeah doesn't let anything get him down. It was it was really, it was quite funny, but very, very cool to see Kirk. Yeah. I, I love anyone that's bleeding the stone. And he, for one, is just like, he's just giving it his all. And he's just, and the, he's the way he does it. Like, uh, <laughs> never swearing. Oh, darn. Oh, shoot. And then <laughs> Mahomes just, is saying, F this, F this. Oh, it's just, I don't know. It was refreshing in some weird way that I just, you know, the, his house with a secret room. But uh, oh, yeah, he's got yeah. he's got a shirt in there um, for his. So this is this is you know meant to be the the quarterback, the strong yeah. leader, and he's got a shirt in his memorabilia room from his um, singing group, the Extreme Tenors, from when he was in college. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Which they were glad enough to give us footage to all watch on, oh. on the docker. Okay. Oh, it's just there, there's one point that I'll say that that really got me actually in the documentary. They get to the playoff game for the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins, they fight and they fight and they fight and they end up losing I think, to the Giants. Mm. Game ends, you walk off the field, you see how crushing it is for him just generally. But then he walks in the locker room, gets off his gear and he instantly has to be a dad. You know, yeah. you, you can't just go and commiserate with your team or switch off. He goes home, he takes his kids to bath, reads them a book and puts them to bed. And, and there's this moment where his kid just goes, you know, oh, I saw I saw the game, Dad. I saw the game. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, how did we go? And he goes, we won. And he had to go, no. Oh, no, we didn't. Oh. We, we lost. And he goes, oh, that's because the other team scored more points than you. <laughs> <laughs> the innocence of the child, but it just like, it just stuck. Like that poor guy just has to switch it off and... Just move on and, and, and be a dad. And that's the same for anyone in, in the NFL. And yeah, pretty, pretty amazing stories to see in there as well. So I definitely recommend you give it a watch. It's adding that human element into sport is just understanding that everyone has mixed lives in different. And that's a, like beautiful to understand, like mm. to get that insight. We don't get to see that enough, I don't think. So does that mean we're going to go easier on the players going oh, forward? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> no. We always, we always try and give them the benefit of the doubt. But, I like that. You know, but if you make a rookie error, we're coming for you. Oh, we're coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, furthermore, on the silver screen, you were just talking about with the quarterback, Doco Dave, you know, you want to see the nuts and bolts mm. and, and how the team works in every player in every position. And the series coming up, for people who are new to the league, might not know it. It's called Hard Knocks. Yeah, I, I actually don't know this one at all. Like, so you haven't you haven't seen a season? No, nah, I haven't seen it. Haven't really haven't researched it either. Um, I was just going to let you tell me. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Hard Knocks. If you don't know what it is, I'll walk you through it. Hard Knocks pick a team every year that they focus a doco series during training camps and through the preseason. So it's filming right now, and the first episode's dropping on the eighth of August. Now the team they pick has to be kind of going through a rough time, hence the name Hard Dogs. So they can't have been in the series in the last 10 years, they can't have gotten to the playoffs in the last two years, and they can't have a first-year head coach. So they're looking for this team that's struggling and trying to pull itself out from the bottom. Mm. And you get this all-access pass to their training, their facilities, seeing how they interact with the coaches, and you follow probably about five or six players through their journey from generally being undrafted, college, anything like that, and it all culminates to this final episode after the preseason games when they walk into the office with a head coach and if they make it or they get cut. Oh, it, it's It's almost like a sporting like reality TV show yeah. to, to watch all of this. Yeah. But it, it's really interesting. You get such like great insight out of it yeah. and you learn. So like the Lions were the last season's one. And having Jamal Williams on it oh. was just... You saw the grind, the humor, the fun. Like Dan Campbell made a real big name for himself as head coach and kind of a favorite person of the league. Um, I really recommend everyone gets around it in any way you can. It's it's definitely the, one of the best NFL series that we get. That sounds. I've actually. That sounds like an emotional roller coaster. But one hundred percent is. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's one I could definitely get into. I reckon. I'm like, and to sweeten the deal. Tell me, tell me. This year's team is the. New York Jets. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. That's sweet enough for me. Oh, because you picked a better team. Oh. Uh, well, they they didn't. They only had four that they could pick from, and none of them wanted to do it. So I think, quote Aaron Rodgers, the NFL has crammed it down their throats. Oh, <laughs> How much it. hype is around the Jets at the moment? Uh, I think that's the NFL is looking at the teams they had. You know, and they're going, "Well, Jesus, like mm. the obvious pick here is this guy that's ruled yeah. the headlines." Um, I think. It's going to be a really interesting series. We're super lucky that they're picking the Jets because it's such That's a... good, actually. That's it's a weird good. time, right? We're That's probably why he's gone for two years now because he knows. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I better make this one work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Kato, our last, last segment for the episode, we've got the running back situation. So for mm. a little bit, of, little bit of context here, kicked off with Eckler back a while ago, couldn't get his contract... And it was probably massively highlighted when Barclay decided, uh, Saquon Barclay, we're talking about from the New York Giants, decided he wanted a better deal. And then, and, and then everyone started coming out of the woodwork. Oh, oh. And yeah, now we're with this situation where nearly every star running back in the NFL is saying, where's, where's my money? And to get an understanding of this, there's been a transition of NFL from the running back to the passing system. Yeah, so running backs used to be kind of the backbone of every franchise. And, and you can even still see it in teams like the Titans where Derrick Henry 
puts the team on his shoulders or Austin Eckler, not only the top touchdown scorer for the Chargers last year, was the top touchdown scorer for the league. But as the games become more pass heavy for quarterbacks, they've become kind of increasingly disposable. And I think, you know, looking into the, how these contracts works, you'll understand why. So when we talk about contracts, we've got to think, we've got to remember that a rookie cannot be drafted until they're three years out of high school. So we're already putting a bit of age on these players. And then after being drafted, you are given a guaranteed four-year contract. Mm. Uh, if you're in the first first round, you get a five-year option. But in general, a running back's quality is taken in, in their first rookie contract. So they're not getting the big money like the other players who get that second contract after because the next one's ready to come through by the time they finish their rookie contract. It's, yeah. a, real, it's a real awkward situation for these guys. It's almost the system's built to work against them, and that's why mm. these guys are kind of up in arms about it. Because yeah, as you say, you start at twenty-two, take a four-year contract. I've yeah. heard that teams are now picking running backs later because they don't want to give them that fifteen, uh, sorry, that five-year that you yeah. said you get when you're in the top rounds. So it takes them to about twenty-seven, and it's the age of decline. So yeah. you can maybe get that franchise tag gives you one more year, yeah. but no one wants to give them that long-term commitment because. Uh, you know, by the time they hit 27, 28, they start to decline. And that's what the Barclay situation happened. He wouldn't sign the franchise tag. So that's where he... So they missed the deadline. So that's where... And then... It's a, it's a bit weird what's happened with this contract. Yeah. We let's not dive into too much, but Will's around about it. He gets the basically the same deal that he would yeah, have got the, with the franchise tag. They basically renamed the franchise yeah. tag contract and just said, oh, it's a one-year contract. And they've yeah. added about you know $900,000 to oh, it, plus he, he, unachievable incentives. Oh, he has to reach his career heights again that but, he's and never they, reached. And they have to make the playoffs the whole yeah. time? Yeah. For, I, I'm for him sure to get I'm his sure, bonus? I'm not sure if they're combined or the individual criteria, but it's like 1,350 running yards. Uh, and it's just people need to understand these positions are wear and tear. Like you aren't having the long career of the others. No, you aren't protected like a quarterback. You're actually running through you, the human wrecking ball, and it will take the toll on you. It's unjust. And I think in the context of the NFL, yes, these guys are on millions of dollars. But if you're looking at your quarterback or your offensive line or you know anyone else who can get this money because they can play till they're 32, 34, it's, it is unjust in the time that it takes for the performance and the necessity of the position. And then you're also adding the roll-on effect of these are the top running backs. Imagine the contracts that the lower running backs are getting. So there's a roll-on effect for their group of people, you know, like, which people don't really consider either. So it's good for these top ones, but what is it? What are the third string getting? Yeah, uh, Jonathan Taylor summed it up really nicely in this tweet. It says, you know, if you're good enough, they'll find you. If you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed, you boost the organization. And then it doesn't matter. You're just a running back. <laughs> And it's, 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 it's just such a good point because they, they make so much money and they boost these teams. Like the Titans would have been nothing without Derrick Henry. The Giants, like, you know, also carried by Saquon. Chargers had all those injuries last year and Eckler picked up the team. Josh Jacobs is coming through as an amazing running back for the Raiders with, you know, they've got an injury-prone quarterback there. Who's going to be taking majority of the, uh, of the runs? It's, it's him. It, it's my favorite position too. I love the running back. So Me too. I think it's such a skill um, and it's just an art that they do. And when they bust through, there's nothing better. But what leverage have they got? And that's unfortunately it. And the running backs of the league met on a on a Zoom call 
recently, which is really, That's I'd love to great. be in that room. Yeah, um, I wish I'd invited us. That would have been fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they all met on a Zoom call and everyone, you know, it just seemed like, oh my God, what's going to come out of this? And unfortunately, it's come out pretty fruitless as Eckler, kind of the leader of this, you know, mini union has said, uh, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah, the, we have everyone, no leverage. Everyone's uh, got to the end of this and just, well, even the signing of the contract, you can tell that uh, Saquon's like, yeah, I've got, I've yeah. tried, I tried, I yeah. tried. That's and just, I, I believe he said in the meeting, he's just like, guys, I'm taking the deal, unfortunately. Yeah, I've yeah. got to, like, yeah, and that's the thing, think of your family, think of everything else, the future mm. of your career. you got to take that money. And, you know, Eckler said from now it's, you know, their job to promote the issue and, and control the narrative. And it is, you know, it is covering the headlines right now. Um, it's just, you know, will this be something that's fading into the distance? Oh, it'll it'll be washed out by... Yeah. Or they'll join those uh, those SAG ride, uh, riders on strike in America right now and just get yeah. join the picket line. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's the system is not set up for the old poor running back and I think they're, they're going to be lost to the system. And... I'll give a note though. This situation is so big because, as well, because I heard Nick Chubb speak. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah. I'm like, that's how big this got. Uh, Nick Chubb Chubb said something. (laughs) He said something. Oh, I've never, I've never been. That's why I got on board. But, uh, (laughs) but unfortunately, uh, we'll definitely watch the space. But unfortunately, for the running back, it feels like you're, uh, um, you're on the adder. Yeah, you're on a loss there, but uh, yeah, props to him. I hope it comes through. Still love you. Love Is that the just chub. the chub? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cad. To finish up the episode, I've thought of a little bit, little something fun. We've obviously been discussing our film and TV, but I thought uh, let's go to the movies of NFL and. We've got a little game for you. You ready? I'm, I'm feeling a bit put on the spot here. <laughs> oh, that's what that's what podcasts are about, mate. Okay, I've I've introduced rookie era, and now I've introduced um, pop quiz. We're gonna have to workshop that name. I think we could find something good. Yeah, for that. that's actually that's terrible, but uh, <laughs> but I don't care. We're going for it. So I'm gonna ask you a question, and you're gonna name the top five. And today's subject: What are the top five NFL grossing movies? Oh, this is a tough all one. time, all time. We're talking all time. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, little note: uh, Forrest Gump is not included. <laughs> even though, even though I want it, it to does be feature it. Yeah. 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 I just. Yep. Yeah, uh, it does not include it. This is tough because um, thinking of the top of my head, they're kind of slowly trickling in. Yeah. Um, there are more than I thought. Okay. Yeah. And do I have to get number one, two, three, no, four, No, no, no. You just name them. I'll tell you where they are on the list. Uh, I'll okay. see. And if it's, if they're not on the list, I'll just say no. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to go start with an easy one. Remember the Titans. It's on the list. Number five. Number five. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We're on the board. No, that doesn't surprise. In fact, it surprised me that it's that low. But maybe it's, yeah. it's a bit of an older it, one. I'm gonna go the Blind Side, just as, as we talked about. Yeah, Jordan Mylata's inspiration. Too easy. Like too easy, mate. Yeah. Number one. That's number one. That's number one. Now, oh, this is a tough one because it, honestly, it's one of my favorite football movies, and I feel I have to say it because I want to. Yeah, it's the longest yard on the list. Oh, you're not gonna believe this. Number three. 
No way. Yeah. Yeah. Number Thank three. you, yeah. Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah. It's very surprising. That is actually surprising, given that the blind side is up there with it. I know. I know. This makes it tough now. I've got two to pick. I'm thinking, like, what was more big, Friday Night Lights, the movie or the TV series? Because I feel it's the mm. TV series, and I think that's a bit of a trick question. I'm going to go with Varsity Blues. Oh, I'm so glad you said it, but it's surprisingly not. It's number. <sighs> it's number. It's number thirteen on the list. Oh, what? I, and I'm. It's. I was surprised. It's my favorite. It is such yeah, a good that, movie. That's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Um. Okay. Moving on. The replacements. Oh, nah. No. Nah. Nah. Get out. Any of given it. Sunday. Nah. It's number eight. How about Jerry Maguire? <laughs> yeah, it's on the list. It's number four. Yes, good, yes. Good, good. Not, yeah. not, you know, massively yeah. a football movie. Yeah, but. I know, but it, you can't not have it. But yeah, show yeah. me the money all day. It's okay, so so iconic pop culture, that one. One you to go, it? hey? One to go, you could do it. Think back. Yeah. So, think back into my previous answers. <laughs> yeah, think back, think back. Friend of one you've said earlier. It's a friend of one I've said earlier. Adam Sandler. The water boy. Yeah, number two. No, right. <laughs> that's that's so disappointing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like of all the iconic NFL movies, it's two two of the top five uh, Adam Sandler movies. So that's hilarious. Well, and then he's yeah. probably got one of the he's probably got the top golf movie as well. <laughs> yeah, you think so? Actually, <laughs> that was tough. That was it. Was honestly a very tough quiz, but you know we got there in the end. You did well. You did well. I, I'm surprised. I thought you might have taken longer. You did good. I'm getting and, the next and, round, and I'm, and I'm um, also surprised you didn't say Airbud uh, Golden re- Retriever. So, yeah, was, you're, oh, yeah, sorry, Golden, golden Receiver. receiver. <laughs> Well, Kat, that's a, that's a wrap of this episode. And as always, remember, whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started on your NFL journey, we've got you covered. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and also follow us on Instagram at OnsidePunt. It's been a pleasure, Kat. Make sure you stay onside. Now say bye. Bye. bye.